Hello, and welcome to the opioid epidemic. My name is Caroline, and along with Karis, Maddie, Nina, and Katie, we will explore the complexities of the opioid epidemic and how it is impacting the United States and our healthcare systems. As I mentioned, the system of the opioid epidemic is complex, with many variables composing smaller systems within the larger. The system at large involves prescriptions, misuse, treatment and recovery, as well as social determinants and even the justice system. In the 1990s, opioid prescriptions started to become more common. An increased rate of prescriptions began a trend in misuse of both prescription and non-prescription opioids. The Department of Health and Human Services declared a public health emergency for the opioid crisis in 2017. The impact of the opioid epidemic is wide. Since 1999, the number of drug overdose deaths has quadrupled. In 2019, 10.1 million individuals had misused opioid prescriptions within the past year, and around 50,000 individuals died from opioid-involved overdoses. The continued growth of this problem makes it urgent to discuss. In today's episode, we will explore the opioid epidemic's impact on an individual and societal level. We will also examine some solutions for this crisis. Before diving into the logistics of the opioid epidemic, we want to examine the negative effects that opioids can have in a more personal way. I have Mr. Wright with me today, and he has agreed to share some of his personal experiences with prescription opioids and how they affected his daily life. He is also going to be sharing some of his personal thoughts on the matter. Before I begin diving into the interview, I want to share some background info. Mr. Wright started his use of prescription opioids after being diagnosed with stage 4 cancer back in 2007, and this usage continued until 2010 when Mr. Wright no longer needed the prescriptions. Mr. Wright, what type of prescription opioids were you prescribed, and can you specify the doses of them? Yes, I can. Uh, I was first prescribed fentanyl with uh, 50 micrograms um, and then it eventually rose up uh, due to my pain to 150 micrograms. In a few words, can you describe what fentanyl is? Fentanyl is uh, probably the hardest drug that I've taken in um, what I would call for pain management because um, it really took care of my pain. How addicting would you say those prescriptions were? Well, I mean, I could tell they were a 72-hour patch, and I could tell when the patch was waning and it was time for a new patch because the pain increased in my body, and so I knew it was time for a new patch, and it, uh, it became addicting. Um, from what you have witnessed, how common was it for people to heavily rely on opioids? Well, from what I experienced and what I saw, people just don't want to be in pain. So to be able to control their pain, they would take it because it did relieve their pain. What effects would you say it had on your daily life? Well, I mean, I think drugs in general affect different people different ways. Uh, it made me kind of irritable, moody. Um, maybe it's because my body wasn't used to it, but even over time, I was still that way. So I just think that uh, that's what it caused 
for me and probably for others also. How hard would you say it was for your body to become independent of the drugs? Well, like I said, I mean, I'd gone up to 150, uh, and we gradually reduced the patches until I was taking a 12.5, which is the lowest dose of the pain patch, uh, fentanyl. So it took me a while um, to do that. I, I believe it was um, about six to eight months to be able to wane myself off of it. Do you have any personal thoughts on the matter as a whole? For instance, do you think there should be more education surrounding the usage of opioids? Um, and if so, why do you think that? <clears throat> well, I can ex tell you my experience right now. I believe um, that it is a big issue. The doctors are trying to limit the number of opioids that they give out um, and it's probably more managed now which it should be because I think in the past when I started with it it was just uh, a way of giving somebody something to give them relief which I don't know if there was enough information because I wasn't aware of how addicting it was going to be or that I would need um, help to get off of it. Thank you for your time, Mr. Wright. Well, thank you for having me today. Hey, everyone. Maddie here. I think people often feel disconnected from the opioid epidemic. We view it as something that only impacts the desperate or the weak, like the homeless or those who can't handle pain. Karis's interview shows that this epidemic hits close to home. It could easily infiltrate our daily lives and impact our loved ones if it hasn't already. According to the Pew Research Center, the opioid epidemic costs our country approximately $141.8 billion annually. Assuming the epidemic picked up speed in the late 90s and early 2000s, we can multiply this value by 20 to get the total monetary cost of this crisis, $2.8 trillion. But we all know that you can't place a monetary value on human life. Even if you don't know anyone who has taken opioids or struggled with addiction, this tragedy impacts you. You are paying for this crisis through your taxes, through the loss of loved ones or people that you'll never even get the chance to meet, an overwhelmed foster care system, growing social inequalities, and a strained health care and justice system. This crisis only took root due to irresponsible marketing and lies to the public. In 1991, Opioids were first released to the public by pharmaceutical companies, marketed to patients and doctors alike as non-addictive. Even when the problem became clear, the companies continued to distribute and push these drugs onto the public. Four of these companies faced major lawsuits from a plethora of groups, including state and city governments, but they are attempting to negotiate a settlement of only $26 billion total which they plan to split between the four companies. And this epidemic is only getting worse. According to the CDC, between April 2020 to March 2021, America experienced a record 64,196 deaths from opioid overdoses. For perspective, the Department of Transportation's National Highway Traffic Safety Administration 
reported 38,360 deaths from car accidents in 2020. This means that the number of people who died as a result of the opioid crisis in the past year is roughly 1.7 times higher than the number of people killed in car accidents. But the end of this story isn't written. Now I'm going to pass the mic to Nina, who will discuss what you can do to help stop this crisis in its tracks. As we have discussed today, the opioid epidemic affects us all, and the problem with the misuse of prescription opioids and illegal painkillers continues to grow and threaten society each day we remain idle. While the problem is certainly intimidating and complex, there are both small and large-scale actions each of us can take, starting today, to fight this epidemic. So, the question is, what can we do? Well, we can start off with the largest scale solution, restricting prescription opioids via legislation. This legislation could limit the first-time opioid prescriptions to a certain number of days supply or narrow down diagnoses that warrant opioid prescriptions. These, of course, vary by state, so you must call, email, or write your state legislators and representatives pushing for stricter legislation in your state as well as for more accessible treatment and education programs. Another way to better the opioid crisis could be in creating programs for patients to ensure that opioids aren't being misused after they have been prescribed. Communication between doctors and patients is important, as well as with pharmacies to make sure patients using opioids are practicing safe habits. Along with this, more education is necessary to discourage the abuse of opioids, specifically illegal opioids. This education could come in the form of drug education within schools, through public advertising or marketing, or education and transparency of risk factors from doctors themselves. The final way to improve the condition of the opioid epidemic that we will talk about today is a greater support system to those struggling with opioid addiction. We can increase access to recovery resources and rehabilitation programs through financial and personal support, where applicable. It is also imperative to destigmatize addiction and treatment for addiction. With that being said, if you or someone you know may be struggling with opioid addiction or dependence, know that recovery is possible and available to you. So, now that we have laid out our take on the opioid epidemic, Katie, would you like to finish us off? Today we have talked a lot about the opioid epidemic, and we know we've laid out a lot of information that can often feel intimidating and overwhelming. So I'm going to recap the gist of what we said here today and emphasize what we really want you to take from our podcast. First, we defined opioids and discussed what the opioid epidemic really involves and how complex it is including a wide range of variables like prescriptions and their misuse, illegal drug access, addiction, social determinants, treatment programs, recovery systems, and even the justice system. We also looked at some alarming statistics that reveal the urgency with which we must work to reduce opioid misuse. Then we heard from Mr. Wright, who gave us some real-life insight into his own struggles with opioid addiction. He gave us some real first-person insight into how our own nation's healthcare systems can fail us. After this, Maddie took a look at the less obvious effects of the opioid 
epidemic that affect us all, such as financial drain, growing social inequity, a strained healthcare system, and judicial corruption. This was such a reminder to me that we really are all affected by the epidemic. She also examined how the problem really started as a result of dishonest marketing and looked at corruption within our pharmaceutical system, emphasizing that the opioid problem has only continued to grow in magnitude. Finally, Nina discussed some potential solutions to the opioid epidemic and gave some practical steps that we each can take to contribute to the fight against the epidemic. I know I learned a lot from our discussions here today, and I hope you did too. You taking time to listen to this podcast really is such a great first step in the fight against the opioid problem because awareness and education are key. With that being said, thank you for listening today, and we hope you were able to walk away with a greater insight into the opioid epidemic and a commitment to create change.